You're listening to The Omni Show. Get to know the people and stories behind the Omni Group's award-winning productivity apps for Mac and iOS. Music! I'm your host, Brent Simmons. With me in the studio today is Anne Johnson, Support Human. Say hello, Anne. Hello, Anne. So you are a, a support human. Nice to be a human. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, yes, I do enjoy being human. Cool. Cool. So you do email and phone support. And the thing I'm fascinated by is our phone support because um, not every company offers phone support. And I think that's really cool. Indeed. So what's that like for you? Are you on the phones every single day or? No, we do a phone rotation. Mm. So the intention there is that everyone on the team does some phone support to spread that around a little bit because it it is a little more emotionally taxing than Mm. email support. So I usually end up on phones, I'd say two or three days a week, usually more like two days a week. Mm Mm-hmm. And so if you're on phones, you're like on phones that day and that's mostly what you do or. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't have a high enough volume of incoming calls that that would be all that I would do in a day. Mm -hmm. So on the days when I'm on phones, I'm usually answering emails between phone calls. Oh, okay. So I would say it's like 50, 50 on a phone day. Mm -hmm. And how long are, is the typical phone call? Is it a couple minutes? Probably average, average would probably be 15 minutes, Mm -hmm. but you know, some calls are only two or three and then you've got the less frequent hour long phone calls. Mm -hmm. And I imagine it's sometimes, sometimes might be a little like when I'm talking to a relative trying to help them on their Mac or whatever, and they, they have different names for things Uh and yeah. How how do you navigate that whole? That's probably the biggest challenge of our phone support is You don't know what you're going to get when you answer the phone, whether Mm -hmm. the person on the other end has ever used our app before or if they've ever used a Mac before. You know, occasionally I've had to walk people through how to copy and paste in the past. And, you know, and then you've got users who are very computer savvy and Mm -hmm. they're just getting an error. And it's the whole gamut. Mm -hmm. Um, And you just have to kind of feel it out each phone call as you go. I think of the terminology problem, especially like, so if they're calling something by the wrong name, are you usually able to get it? Not that they're wrong, but right. you know, we have like a technical name for a thing. Right. Yeah. They sometimes might call it the whatever. Right. Yeah. Sometimes you have to decipher what it is that they're actually talking about. You know, sometimes people won't know what the inspector is called mm. uh, or they'll call it the sidebar. And those oh, are right, both, sure. you know, the sidebar and the inspector are both things that exist in the app, but often they'll call the opposite One, thing. The other thing. Yeah. yeah right. You just have to figure it out as you go along. Yeah, right, a right. lot of them. And so I'll usually have my device. I'll figure out what, which app they're using and which device they're using it on. And I'll try to get mine out and get it in a similar state that I think they're in. Mm-hmm. And if I'm totally lost and I don't know what they're talking about, that usually helps me figure out like, Oh, they've, they must be talking about, this, you know, the cleanup button or whatever. Oh, you right. Know? Sure. Yeah. The little weird broom thingy. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see this sometimes in email. People say they need help with their Omni. So <laughs> the first step is to figure out which actual app it is. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. The vast majority of our support traffic is for Omni focus. Mm-hmm. So it can be a safe bet that if they're talking about Omni, they're talking about Omni focus. Because okay. generally speaking, 
customers who call us about our other products know that that's what they're using. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure why, but that just seems to be the case. And if not, I'll either ask them, which app are you talking about? Or I'll say, are we talking about OmniFocus here? Or, you know, something along those lines. So everyone in support obviously has to know OmniFocus just because of the large volume. Do you have another app that you specialize in? Are you like... Yeah. I, a few years ago, decided I was just going to learn everything there was to know about OmniPlan. So I volunteered to kind of take that on for a while. Uh, We don't specialize now, but I did kind of a deep dive at the time just to get really comfortable with the app. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had a little bit of a void in the department at that time of people who were super knowledgeable about OmniPlan. And it's a project management app. It's not the sort of app that most people would use in their personal lives. Like it's more of something, you know, that a person who's managing a big project, like a construction project or Mm -hmm. something along those lines would need for usually for their job. So we don't hear from a lot of customers who are using OmniPlan because they're generally people who are using it at their job and their job provides most of that project management training or education. Oh, right, sure. Uh, But when we do hear from those customers, it can be really challenging to help them because, you know, we aren't here internally using a project management app very much in support. Mm -hmm. So most of our knowledge is you know, theoretical from having learned about the app, used it at work, but there's a difference between I'm going to input this imaginary project and then play with my tasks and see what they do. That's a very different experience from I'm literally trying to manage a project and this is the tool that I'm using to do it. Mm -hmm. The, The learning experience is a lot different. So it's been challenging to get really comfortable with OmniPlan, Mm -hmm. but I am now at this point. So it's nice when I get an OmniPlan call and I can sound like I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, good. I, I imagine their real world issues are a lot different than their imaginary kind oh, of yeah. theoretical things. Yeah. yeah, and project managers, just in my experience supporting them on the phone and via email, there's a whole set of lingo that they use mm. that I just hadn't ever encountered before. Like apparently there's something they need to be able to do called a cost roll-up. And so when I hear that phrase, I'm like, oh, Oh. okay, I think I know what you're talking about. (laughs) So when you did a deep dive into this, were were you able to get help from the OmniPlan development team? uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. So in my early days here, there was another support human who was also the product manager. And he was moved to another department. And when that happened, there was kind of this knowledge void in support. Mm. That's kind of the time frame of when I started digging into OmniPlan. And so I had him as a resource to help. Is this uh, Aaron Kwong? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so Aaron was a great resource through that. And then, of course, we use our internal chat tools. So the, the OmniPlan development team, including the product manager and the engineers, mm. are all accessible to me through right. our, not just through the chat, but the chat is conveniently located in yes, front of me on my right computer. on your computer. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're working um, remotely some amount of the time now, which is kind yeah. of a change for the Omni Group that we're doing a little bit more of that. So yeah, you're home that, some days? Mm-hmm. That was kind of a recent thing uh, for Omni in the last couple of years. And I started doing three days a week from home a little under a year ago, I guess. Okay. 
I've really enjoyed it. My commute can be ugly, so it, it's nice to not have to do that three mm. days a week. On the days when I'm not on phones, I'm replying to emails, and I can do that anywhere that I have my Mac. Oh, great. Yeah. And a network connection. Even the days uh, when I, I am on phones, we've got, I'm forgetting the technical there's name for system, it, but there's though. an app yeah, right, on my Mac okay. that is a little phone that just works. Cool. You have a headset and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff, Actually, right? I mostly just use my Beats. Oh, wow. Nice. I have a microphone in them. So my notes say something about a potato-tron. <laughs> the potato-tron. What's the potato-tron? The potato-tron is the internal tool that we, and we doesn't actually include me personally, but I'm not sure who all was involved in the creation of it. Mm. I know a former support person who doesn't work here anymore did some work on it, and I don't know who else. But it's a tool that tracks how many phone calls and how many total minutes and minutes per call every support human logs. And then it runs, you know, all that through an algorithm to decide who's going to be on phones mm. each day. Okay. So usually by 10 a.m. Pacific time, someone will push the button that makes the potato-tron do its thing. And then we'll all get notified who's on phones that day. Mm. I How did it get its name? I think there was just a conversation about, like, what should we name this thing? And as a joke, somebody said, let's call it the potato-tron. And then everybody else was like, done. Right. <laughs> potato tron it there is you go. I don't know. So. that's how we name all our stuff pretty much yeah <laughs> so we also have something called the was it the, the big lobotsky oh that is the tool that integrates with our chat that announces the results of the potato tron okay so <laughs> so the, somebody pushes the potato tron button and then magic happens and the big Lobotsky announces it in the chat, <laughs> the results of the potato tron. Telling everyone if they're on phones or whatever. Right. And uh, uh, social media is another thing. You're, you're on that yes. once a week or whatever. Yeah. I, I don't seem to get social media duty very often for I don't know what why. But so on the days when I am on social media, I'm kind of triaging and replying to tweets. Mm -hmm. And then I'm also handling emails, like emails every day. But then on the days right. when you're on phones or social media, you're taking calls and social media stuff and then email between all that. Do you use our own homegrown Twitter thing? Yeah, OmniWarble. OmniWarble. Yes, I do. We have a tool for everything, listeners. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I use it because it pulls all the tweets together in one place and shows me like, here's all the stuff I need to respond. I need to oh, handle okay. in some way. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is not really relevant to us. Cause it, I think it just kind of finds anything with like the word Omni in it oh, or, the, sure. or like, right. and so like that'll catch a lot of stuff that really isn't re mm -hmm. relevant to us at all. So then it's just marking those resolve resolved. And then what's left is the stuff I actually have to reply to. And then before I reply, I will usually open them in a browser because there are some edge cases where, for whatever reason, someone has already replied to them, but mm. our tool didn't notice for whatever reason. Oh, sure. Um, Could be a timing issue or something. Yeah, and I think a part of it is that um, Ken likes to do a lot of Twitter replies, and I don't think he uses OmniWarble. So, right. so those a lot of times get missed. Mm. So if I don't open it in a browser first, I might end up replying to a tweet that Ken has already replied to, and right. then that just kind of looks silly. So I like to not look silly if I can Especially help it. Especially if you don't say the same things. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. How'd you come to Omni? I, I ask everybody if they got here by responding to a Craigslist ad, because apparently that was a really common way. Mm -hmm. So did you 
Respond to a Craigslist ad. I did not respond to a Craigslist okay. ad, but I followed someone who did. I, fo- right. I followed April here. Oh. April and I were coworkers at uh, a previous place, mm-hmm. and I had gotten that job through April as well. So I, I'm friends Earlier with- Earlier, you called her your job fairy. Yes. She is my I job fairy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty good friends with her sister, and so many years ago- I was looking for a job and her sister said, hey, my sister's company is hiring, which was, this was prior to Omni. Mm. And so my friend introduced me to April and then April told me about that job, got me hired there. We were coworkers for about two years. And then I left that company because my spouse was in the military at the time. And so we were transferred. And then when we came back to Seattle, April had left the company we both had previously worked for and was now at the Omni Group. And so when I came back to Seattle, I got in touch with her and she invited me to have lunch. And that was when Omni was in whatever the previous location was. Oh, in uh, Inner Bay, yeah. And so I went and had lunch with her and loved it. And I was looking for work at the time. And so I said, you know, hey, let me, let me know if there's a job or whatever. And she sent me, a, there were two or three different instances. It, it was about two years from then before I actually got hired here. Mm -hmm. There were a couple times where she had sent me like, Hey, we're hiring. Here's the link. But it just didn't work out for me for whatever reason. Like I wasn't, you know, I just started this other job or whatever. And so, but eventually it it worked out and I, I ended up getting the job here. And so that's, that's two jobs now. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. It is kind of cool. So in your previous jobs, were you also doing support or other different kinds Some, of work? Yeah. yeah. So I, I have a degree in computer networking. Okay. And in my previous two positions, I was in the IT department doing some network administration and some internal support. Mm. I'd never done external customer-facing support before coming to Omni, but I had... And that's quite a bit different from internal yeah. style support. Yeah, yeah. Internal support is basically supporting your coworkers. So. Mm. Your coworker has is getting an error or can't print their thing or whatever it is, and you're helping your coworker. So it's it's a lot less formal, you know, because mm-hmm. most of the time these are either people in my office that I know, right. or they might be in a remote office, but we've communicated via phone and email in the past. Sure. Or if not, we at least both know that we work for the same company, and it's it's just less you're on formal the same and, team. Yeah. yeah right. Whereas external customer-facing support, I'm really representing the organization mm-hmm. in a customer service type capacity, right. a technical customer service type capacity. Technologically, it's more challenging. You know, when you're doing internal support, you know, as a network admin, I could remote into anybody's machine and do sure. whatever needed doing for them. Mm-hmm. So if they needed to, you know, update some software or whatever it was, I could say, okay, you know, I'm going to take over your machine. Please wait until I'm done right. and then just handle the thing for them. But with customers on the phone, you know, we don't really have any way of doing that. Right. And so do you ever think to yourself, oh, I wish I could just many times. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Specifically the time that I spent 20 minutes trying to walk somebody through how to copy and paste. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, Oh, I love you, but it'd be so much easier if I could do it myself <laughs> or even just show them. But you know, you have to get really good at deciphering what they're telling you and asking questions that are going to yield, you know, get them mm-hmm. to tell me the information that I need and then convey 
the information back to them in a way that they'll understand. And if it's a customer that's not terribly technically savvy, that can be very challenging at times. Sure, yeah. And the computer is a visual thing, and mm-hmm. you're trying to use words. I mean, that's, that's yeah. just hard. Uh-huh. Yeah. And describing a UI mm-hmm. to somebody, especially somebody who is not familiar with you know, software development, right, and, sure. you know, yeah. it can be really frustrating at times. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you get through it. Do you ever have phone calls where you bring up the idea of email and suddenly the oh, person's definitely. like, oh, that would be great. Definitely. Yeah. I, I, I try to offer that in almost every call because I would say more than 50% of the people who call in don't even realize that that's an option. Hmm. I think there are a fair number of customers who they want to speak to a person and they, they have this like resistance to the idea of communicating via email for whatever reason. But then once I start talking to them and explaining to them, like, okay, I can, this is what we need to do. And I can email you these steps. And mm-hmm. later when you're at your computer, you, you'll have it written down. You don't have to take notes while we're on the phone. I'm going to send this to you. Right. And then you can go through these steps at your leisure. It could be 3 a.m. if that's when you want to do it. And I think it's going to solve your problem. And if it doesn't or you run into trouble, you're welcome to call back. You're welcome to reply to the email. And, you know, we, we reply to emails within one business day is our, you know, right. that's what we always try to do. So if it's not a super urgent thing, you're going to get a reply within one day. Mm. Or maybe the second day, if it's, you know, if we're like super busy. Sure. We've just um, released something. And yeah, right. right. So usually if, if I can kind of explain it to them in that way, uh, a lot of the, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, that actually would be fine. Mm-hmm. Or preferable in many cases. Yeah, sure. I'm one of those people. I never want to call anyone on the phone. Me ever. Neither. Oh, I don't understand why people like to call no, people on the phone. It's terrible. <laughs> but, you know, we, we do offer it. People take advantage of it. And, you know. Yeah. It's a cool thing. Yeah. It's rare. Not too many companies are doing I know. phone support these days. So. Yeah. Or if they do, it's it's not well implemented. It's, sure. I don't know. I, there's either a big phone tree and lots of waiting on hold. Mm. And maybe the person you're talking to is reading some kind of script. And it, there's just like a, oh, a right. robotic sure. feel to it. Right. Rather than the kind of phone support we provide here, which is just like I'm helping my friend on the Mm -hmm. phone kind of, I don't know. That's how I think of it anyway. Yeah. So listeners, if you call in, you might reach Anne and (laughs) she'll help you. I will do my best for Uh sure. Especially if it's OmniPlan. She's Mm -hmm. the one to talk to. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to call in and ask for you now. So did you grow up Seattle area, Pacific Northwest? I did. I did. I was born on Capitol Hill. And uh, I've lived most of my life in the greater Seattle area. Mm-hmm. I moved away for a couple of years and came back. Anywhere exotic or? No, no. I was in uh, near St. Louis, Missouri for a mm-hmm. couple of years in the St. Charles and St. Peter's areas. And then I was in. That's well, kind of exotic, at least to me. I've never been. Well, went to the airport once. But... I did. I did really love that area mm. there's something charming about the midwest that yeah. i enjoyed uh, i have family there which is part oh, of the okay. reason i was there i learned how to drive in the snow there uh, that's i key. yeah i i can drive in the snow like nobody's business yeah uh, i was also in fayetteville north carolina for a couple of years when my um husband oh, okay. was transferred he was in he was in the army and, and was stationed at fort bragg for mm. a while so i've heard of that it must be one of the larger 
Yeah. Towards. Yeah. It's pretty big. I'm, I was a terrible army wife, so I, I don't really know all the things that um, a good army wife probably would know about it, but it was, yeah, it was one of the bigger army bases, mm. but lots of sprawl that, that whole area, everything's really far apart mm. as far as like all the, the cities around Fayetteville and even Fayetteville itself. Seattle certainly has its suburbs, but I like the fact that it's so constrained by geography. I mean, there's water and mountains like, yeah. You know, we have to all fit on these several hills. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And from an environmental standpoint, I'm in favor of keeping cities dense. Like, mm-hmm. let's figure out how, how to get homes for everybody in this area that we already are instead of creeping out and sure. cutting down more trees and, yeah. and do, you know, but we have, we need to figure out how to do that in a way that is sustainable and affordable and sure. meets everyone's and, you know, needs. And, and quali- quality of life, too. Yeah. Density done badly is yeah. not a good thing. Yeah. Seattle seems even, is also awful. Yeah, it really is. And again, environmentally. Mm-hmm. And it, my mind goes to um, the animals whose habitats are, are being taken away. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, it's just heartbreaking. Yeah, well, and even the people, because what, what generally seems to happen is that like right now we're having this housing crisis in Seattle where to live in the city houses are super expensive. Mm-hmm. So to afford a house, you've got to move way far away. Right. But then you're way far away from jobs sure, and yeah. you know other things and then you have to drive a car because you're so far away. Sure. And you may even have to drive a car just to get to where you could take a bus or, or right. a train. Yeah. And that might be a distance yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the now that we're doing allowing more remote work, I think that helps in some ways. Yeah. Because, yeah, some of us have a long way to go. Yeah. Not me, but some people. <laughs> yeah. I know the commute to and from the office here can be really rough. We've got the, the neighborhood that, you know, here, South Lake Union. There are days where to get from Omni to the freeway on-ramp, which is not far, but there are days when it takes— 10 or 15-minute walk. Right. Yeah. And there, there have been days where it's taken me 45 minutes in my car Yeah, right. because everyone's driving a car mm-hmm. and there just, there just aren't enough roads for all these cars. Yeah. And oof, yeah, so I need to take transit to the office. That's what I should be doing. Yeah. I take a bus in from Ballard. Yeah. And so it's, I don't know, half hour on the bus and that's yeah. a little while, but at least I'm just reading or something. Yeah. Right? So it's, yeah. It's all right. From the other direction, it's harder. Yeah. I, it's, I'm making excuses, though. I should figure it out. <laughs> so you have a couple kids. Still I, pretty young? I do. I have a three-year-old and a six-year-old. Mm. They're awesome. They're a lot of work. Balancing all the things. Uh-huh. Parenting and working full-time. And Six-year-olds in school, though, maybe? Almost yeah, in school? starting first grade this year. Wow. I feel like, I want to say September 6th is first day of school or something like mm. that. So we'll see how that goes. Uh-huh. I don't really know what to expect um the transition from daycare to kindergarten was a little rough i'm Mm. hoping that the transition from kindergarten to first grade is less rough yeah is Um, it a longer day for the kid i'm not sure if it's a longer day than kindergarten that's probably something i should know um but i know that the transition from daycare to kindergarten was a shorter day which was really challenging because then instead of having one thing that they did each day. So we, you know, I could drop my kids off at daycare and then go to work and then get off work and come home and pick my kids up from daycare and go home. Then I was having to take my kid to 
before care and mm. then coordinate their transportation from before care to kindergarten and coordinate their transportation from kindergarten to aftercare uh, and then pick them up from aftercare mm. and bring them home. And it just got way more complicated. Yeah, and wow. everyone was like, oh, it's going to be awesome because, you know, public school is free. I'm doing air quotes around yeah, free because right. I'm paying for it with my taxes. But I didn't have to pay for daycare anymore, which was great. But it got a lot more complicated. Mm-hmm. And still wasn't free because I still had to pay for the before and after care. Yeah, right. <laughs> it is a little amazing to me that there aren't better solutions yeah. for this kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, no one cares about the children, I guess. They don't. Or they, the parents. Or the parents. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, well. So you're clearly busy, but yet you still find time for singing. I do. I do. I find time for the things that are important to me, and singing is one of them. Um, I've been singing with various choral groups since uh, about 2011. I was in Seattle Women's Chorus for what years? Uh, Probably five years, six years, and Mm -hmm. then um, and and in their small ensemble. And then about a year ago, or a little over a year ago, I transitioned from that chorus to a new chorus that has started up in this region called Puget Sound Works, which is a mixed-gender chorus with a focus on social activism Mm. and social justice, I should say, activism. And yeah, so that's kind of what I've been doing for the last year. What's the music like? So a lot of the music we do is um, composed by our director, who is a composer by the name of Eric Lane Barnes. Mm. So a lot of the stuff we do are his original works. He selects all of the pieces that we do. I don't know what exactly all of his processes for that are, but we do kind of a mixture of some of his originals and then also some other pieces that he's sourced places. Mm. But there's a lot of thought put into the creation of a performance of, of a show and the lineup of the songs and the messaging that we're trying to share with the community through that. How often do you get to perform for the public? Right now, I think Puget Soundworks is doing, I want to say two shows a year mm-hmm. and each show might have anywhere from two to four performances. Okay. It's kind of hard to say because we're, we're just beginning the second mm-hmm. year of the existence oh, okay. of this chorus. So there's, there's not like a pattern really to right. an established pattern yet. But yeah, I think that's last year we did two performances and I think that's kind of the intention going forward is to maintain that. Well, we can't bring up singing without giving you a chance to sing a song. <laughs> Want to sing a song? Sure. All right. We'll do, do a it. song. Okay. <laughs> Let's arrange our microphones and things. All right. I'm All right. Stand. Listeners, we actually rehearsed the song twice, twice. I'm really nervous. Don't judge me. We're professionals. So I'm, I'm on guitar and obviously is singing. Should we tell people what we're doing, what song it is first? It's Joey by Concrete Blonde. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Am I right? Yeah. yeah. Am I going to be too loud during the loud parts? Okay. Yeah. 
know you've heard it all before So I don't say it anymore I just sit by and let you find your secret world And though I used to wonder why I used to cry till I was dry Still sometimes I get a strange pain That was lovely. One of my favorite songs. Love the way you sing it. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Well, and I think that's going to close out our show. So All right. Thanks, thanks Anne. Mark, for having me on. Thanks. Thank uh, you, Mark. In fact, my script now says, thank Mark. And it says, I'd also like to thank our intrepid producer, Mark Bosco. Say hello, Mark. Hello, Mark. And especially, I want to thank you for listening. Thank you. Music. Thank you.